Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Fourth Wall, the podcast. I'm Elena Newell. And my name is Abigail Brazier. And today we're talking with a pretty special lady that we've met through friends of friends, etc. Some friends of mine are doing a lovely fundraiser for a little organization called The Fund for College Auditions. Elena, what is that? Yes, The Fund for College Auditions is a NYC-based nonprofit that offers financial support and guidance to acting and musical theater students who have limited uh, resources, who come from lower socioeconomic backgrounds, who want to go to um, higher education, who want to go to conservatories, who want to go to colleges, um, and with an emphasis on people who are traditionally underrepresented, meaning BIPOC artists, uh, gender queer artists, non-binary, disabled, neurodiverse, weight diverse artists. Um, it's a really cool project that's been launched for about two years now. Um, and they've, they've been able to help a ton of students get access to information as well as financial resources to live their dreams. guess what this shit ain't cheap it is so expensive to be involved in you, you know if you want to go to college for theater it's a process there are hoops you got to jump through it's just like a very what's the word for it like the practices are very like it's time it almost like feels like oh it's a time-honored tradition like you got to get your book together you got to go to all these different it's it's a process it's a process and we're here to talk yeah. about it today elena what was your college audition experience like um it was okay it was really missing not misinformed just not well informed i tried to do all the research that you know you can you look at all the things you have access to but there weren't really a lot of resources out me being the person i am if there were resources i found them but there wasn't a ton of information about how it all worked and my parents are very worried about it because um a lot of it a lot of it seems really strange if you look at it from an outside perspective like so a bunch of young teen kids are going to go to a hotel in a big city and going to people's rooms and sing for them and they're going to take notes as they sit on their bed and take notes. And that sounds really weird, but like, that's kind of what a unified is. Yeah. Um, and so like, it was very difficult trying to talk to my parents. And I ended up, I really only auditioned for two schools. And then I applied to some other ones that I just applied for academically, but I didn't, I only auditioned for two because my parents were so worried and didn't know how it all worked. And so we could only, I had to really like maneuver my resources that I already had to try to finesse i would say the auditions that i did get and did go to but it was it was a lot it's a lot it was fun it was more fun than i thought it was it's more like it's more of a smaller knit niche community of people than you think it's gonna be like the people i saw at my baldwin wallace or like my any of my college auditions like are the same people i see now at like sctc the people i see at random auditions like it's really it's super cool to be a part of that community that we've all gone through it because it it teaches you something about yourself and about what you want to do. And it, and it really is something that you have to practice at to get better. There's, you can't just get in your first time and be like, oh, that was perfect. It went smooth and I knew everything. It's like, unless you have someone telling you, like, you really just have to do it. Mm -hmm. So, but it was, it was pretty chill. It was pretty chill. That's cool. That's cool. My, my first round of college auditions, I, I don't think we've ever really spoken on our original theater backgrounds on the show yet. 
but I auditioned. I, I had a, I went to a college at theater. I went to Wagner college on Staten Island. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to my baggies, but I went there first and then I took a couple gap years and then I did another round of auditioning for colleges where I really only, I actually only auditioned and applied for Western Carolina this time. But the first time that I did, I applied and auditioned for like eight different schools all over the country. I went to all of my auditions by myself. My mom was like, I cannot afford to travel with you. I'm going to stick you on a cheap flight and you can like cab to your Airbnb. And it's, it's overwhelming. It's a big, like when you are 17, 18 and you have to, you know, you're applying to all these different schools on top of, you don't know what your future is going to look like. And then you have to take yourself to all these different colleges who are looking at you and wanting you to do a process a certain way. You know, you need your headshot, your resume, what material do you have to do? What are the specifics of all the different programs that you're looking at? It's really just so much. Yeah, it really is. But luckily, there are people and programs here to make it a little bit easier, including Ellen, who we are about to talk to right now. And we basically just talked to her about what uh TFCA does, who they help, and how we as individuals can help make a difference and spread the word about this amazing program that Ellen has started. And also really quick before we jump in, this is reminding me that pretty much the best advice for anybody who maybe doesn't know where to start or they're beginning their journey, they're like, oh my god, I can I can do theater for my life's work. Like I can choose that to do that with my life. When I first realized that that's what I wanted to do, I went to my middle school drama teacher, my middle school and my high school drama teacher. And I said, where do I start? If I want to be on Broadway, how do I even like, what do I do first? And the best advice that I got at the very beginning of my training and exploration was listen and watch and read as much theater as you can, whether it's bootlegs, listening to recordings, reading plays uh you know you can find any pdf of any play online like i think getting as much ingesting as many stories as you can is great way to you know get your base knowledge and just you know figure it out what what is the what is this community about what you know what i'm saying yeah i i totally do it's like those formative years of like listening to all of your broadway cast recordings like that really gave me a really solid foundation for understanding what was going to go into like you have the college audition process I feel like and then you have the audition and it's like I so wish we could jump the paperwork and just go straight to like doing your 1632 bars in the room yeah it's so much and it's so much more intricate than you think it's going to be but I think that that comes with the BFA process as a whole is so much more intricate than you ever think it's going to be uh but like also some of the best advice that my parents have just given me about anything is like even if they're small amounts or small resources there are resources out there you just have to be willing to search for it you know this is just a google search a fund for college auditions and you can find this access and these resources so if you are very serious and you are younger and you're going into these college programs just make sure you're you're hitting those Googles, you're hitting those searches and you're just finding it because there are people like Ellen who's made it their life mission to help these people with this specific issue. And we believe in you. We believe in you. We know you can do it. So get out there. And if you want to do theater, go fucking do it. We have full faith in you that you can do this. So enjoy our conversation with Ellen Electric of the Fun for College Auditions. Woo! 
Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another beautiful Wednesday beyond the fourth wall. My name is Abigail Brazier. And I'm Elena Newell. And today, who are we talking to, Gail? Well, we're talking to a really cool lady. And she's really, she's got a really interesting background, you know, about a 30-year career. Um, first as a high school classroom teacher and a theater director. Then she got her master's in speech language pathology as a medical voice therapist. Um, but all of those things led her to a really incredible, incredible path. And we're here to talk to her about it today. We'll talk a little bit more about her, uh, about her foundation in the intro so that we can get straight to these questions. But we're here with Ellen Lettrick today. How are you, ma'am? Very good. And you pronounced my name correctly. So you get bonus points out of the Woo! gate. Awesome. We love when that happens. So amazing. So uh, we're here with Ellen, who is the founder of the Fund for College Auditions. And we're going to talk to her about the need for diversity in these programs. Where does it start from? How do we get these kids resources? How do we spread the word? How do we get programs to be more searching to, you know, be searching for inclusivity, all that good stuff. So heck yeah. Yes, ma'am. And so Ellen, when you first started the Fund for College Auditions, what pushed you to finally like start something? When What happened to make you realize there was a need for this? Well, that's a great question. I founded this organization or created it way after I identified the need. And the reason for that is, was honest, to be really honest, was my, I, I'm an educator by heart and by training and by heart. <laughs> and so sometimes I, I'm not, um, I'm not disparaging of business or, or, you know, really that incompetent at it. But I just thought, oh my gosh, what is this 501c3 nonprofit thing? How the heck do you set it up? I was running a for-profit coaching business that evolved out of my teaching really organically. And, and I had just kind of gotten my, uh, my a handle on how to do that, um, at least generally, um, because business isn't my training. And, and so reading the IRS set website and even other organizations or, or companies that help you set up a, a nonprofit, I thought, this is just so daunting. And I was coaching and doing voice therapy. I had two kind of full-time jobs. And, and so the solution to the problem that I identified of this being um, the college audition process, especially since about 2008, becoming so huge, so hard to manage all those moving pieces and so expensive. Even, you know, forget artistic coaching, just things like, uh, and lessons, just things like, pre-screen fees and application fees and audition fees that, you know, are just exorbitant and pre-screen fees that don't get returned if you don't pass your pre-screen and then travel was such a huge part of it. So the for-profit company that I founded unintentionally, I always say, um, meaning it was, you know, it's an educational body. It wasn't like, hey, let's make money mm -hmm. off these people who are really, you know, desperate for guidance. Um, we would just ask our coaches to work, our great teaching artists to work for, whatever we could offer the student, you know, we'd say, could you work for 50% of your, um, you know, your teaching artist salary or your, or their independent contractors, so not salary, but your fee or um, for 25, you know, 25%. And the business structure was initially really set up. It was like 80% to the coaches. It really favored the coaches, which that's where my heart is. But you do have to, as a business grows, you have to put a little bit higher prices in place, but still very reasonable. But anyway, I never felt good about that. And, you know, these are 
teaching artists, and even if they're in a production contract on Broadway, how long is that going to last? You know, they're all working their butts off. They're auditioning. A lot of them have survival jobs, or as one of the coaches um, said, Sir Thrival. Hopefully, they're Sir Thrival (laughs) jobs. Like, they love what they're doing, but it just never felt good. And then, like, three years ago, so I, I, I actually started the research for this in January 20, February 2018, and I'll tell you about that in a sec, but around that audition year and the year before, that I was meeting all these high school kids as new students for MTCA, Music Theater College Auditions, who were like, oh, and I, I have a nonprofit, like I have a super severe peanut allergy, so I started a nonprofit about that. And I was like, wait, what? You have your own nonprofit? And these were like legit organizations. Now, obviously, an adult helped them set it up, but I was like, okay, come on. Like, if, if these kids can do this, I can freaking figure it out. So I still was not sure how I was going to do that. And through the magic of social media, which I love, I love reading. I was always a reader. So <laughs> I, I, Twitter kind of freaks me out. I feel like it's, it's too much reading and I can't streamline it. I guess the algorithms of evil Facebook <laughs> and Instagram helped me a little to sort of streamline what I'm reading. And across my probably Facebook newsfeed at that time came a um, an ad for something called VLA, Volunteer, Law- Volunteer Lawyers from the Arts. And it's a great organization to know about. They have a, they've been around a little over 50 years in New York. I bet there are um, branches or, or similar organizations in other areas. And they're basically like any legal help you need as any kind of artist, visual artist, dance. There was my favorite people. We, we, so you, what you do is you sign up for like a nonprofit for dummies one afternoon workshop. And that was all I needed to, to think, oh, I, I know I can do this. And, and I'll tell you what the key it was for me. But the, my favorite, everybody went around and said what their projects are. And my favorite were these guys who were like, what's it called? It was something your game. And what they, what they did was they taught math um, to kids in New York City public schools centered around they got to design their own sneakers. And I can't remember how they put it together, but kick your game. That's what it was called, kick your game. And I just thought that was the coolest thing, you know? And so everybody had these incredible projects that were, that were already, most of them were already happening. And, you know, to get that nonprofit approval opens you up to, to being able to take donations and, and to give people tax credit for that, which is huge for big donations. So the thing that I learned from that was once you incorporate as a business in, at least in New York state, you can take donations, but you can't give tax, you can legally take donations, but you can't give tax credit until you receive that IRS approval, which is the second step. And so we had an incredible attorney um, who helped us and, you know, she charged, but, you know, frankly, not a lot. And you can actually do it for free through VLA. Um, All you have to pay is is the fees that the IRS requires, but you also have to wait and get on there you get on their waiting list and then lawyers get a list of the cases without identifying information, just kind of, this is this kind of organization. And then they pick you up pro bono. And, you know, I just wanted to get it moving faster than that. And I, we could afford it. Um, so what I did was I sold MTCA in early 2019 to two beloved and trusted colleagues who are maintaining it wonderfully and keeping the, um, the educational philosophies in place and working closely with my organization. Um, but they're not our only teaching partner because it's not about that. It's about any, any organizations that we can send students to who really are an expert in the college audition process, which is its own animal, as you guys know, because you did it. Um, so yeah, so we, I sold the company in 2019. I used that money to 
fund to seed fund the fund. And, um, and the way that works for any of you that are like, I want to do a nonprofit is you can do that, but you, you could get a loan from, you know, an, if it's not a bank, if it's a personal loan, you have to pay them back. So, but you can set a super low interest rate and say paid back sort of when you can. So that's where we are with that. <laughs> um, and we, yeah, so that's how it started. And I don't know if I answered your full question, but the need I saw for years and years and years and years, and I just wanted to be able to do this in the way that, so we're, we have like, our logo is this kind of three, three things that this Venn diagram of three links. Um, and what that represents is we have a three pronged, three pronged population that we serve. It's our students, our teaching artists and our donors. And they're all in a really important part of the, the equation. Cause without the incredible teaching artists, those the students wouldn't do, and that includes co college guidance. We have two incredible college guidance counselors who are expert in this process that we work with. They would, they would either have been, you know, not, they would not have done as well. I think um, just because not because of their talent, but because you just have to know how to navigate this craziness. And it, and then when you, when you can, and you're not worrying like, oh my gosh, you're at an audition and everybody else knows things you don't know, you, it doesn't clutter your head and you can go in and, you know, that's, I think that's the benefit of audition prep in general. I think it's, I think it's legit if it's done with an, an, uh, you know, a sensibility of um, helping a student present them, their, their gifts and their natural selves in the best way. Not saying like, oh, you are this type, you know, that, <laughs> I, I, I hate that. Um, I know it exists in the industry, but we hate that too. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's how it started. And we had just, we just graduated our first class and I was, um, posting this morning, right before I got on that our first student from that class is on his way to college as we speak. And I get all mom like teared up when oh I say God, that. Yay! That's so good. He's going to UNCSA, University of North Carolina School of the Arts for drama. And that's a, that's a really cool story because here's an example of you you may at young artists you know in, in this college process and young artists in general you your path can change and so he's this guy whose sister is a division one his younger sister is a division one basketball recruit his dad was a semi-pro basketball player he's built like a basketball player he said i saw good basketball but i, I think he probably just isn't as good as his <laughs> sister is and so he loves sports like he grew up in a sports culture but he loves theater that his passion is theater so talented as a triple threat although not as trained as a dancer um, but like very athletic and graceful. And he was like, I want, when he came to us, he said, I really want an MT program, all MT all the way in a big sports type school. And he is going to a conservatory whose mascot is the pickles for drama and got a big scholarship and he's over the moon and he had musical theater choices in great places, but he, um, he did a walk-in for, and you know, this year the Unifieds are virtual, auditions are virtual, so sadly they may not exist, but the schools are, they're going to figure it out, I know, but he did a walk-in for them, and, and I knew he was a strong actor, and he came out of that audition, like, it was his first audition at Unifieds and in Chicago, and he came out, and he said, oh, that was so cool, and then they called him back, and he made it, he busted his butt to make that work, he had a call back at 7.30 in the morning to fit it into his schedule, and and from there on out, that was the front runner. And that was such a cool thing to watch happen for him to discover. He always identified himself as a singer. He went to a performing arts high school in Oklahoma City for singing. And all of a sudden he thought there's this whole other aspect of this out there. And I, 
my prediction is he's going to be in movies, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, oh my gosh, I love that. And it really is such a process, like the college audition process versus your actual audition to be in the program and like do what you love is so, it really is a beast and you got to know how to work the system yep. and bring all of these, like check all the boxes, you know, it's like we got to jump through all of these different hoops and and then it gets to like, oh, we have to do a Shakespeare monologue on top of all of that else and like be able to freaking pull it off without a hitch in the room. It's just so much sometimes. But but it sounds like you are making a really great environment where people feel comfortable and can share their gifts rather than worrying about all of these other pieces of the puzzle that you have to plug in. So uh, before our next question, can you just let the people know how much does it cost usually to fund training and college applications for one student for the college audition season? That's the million dollar, ha no pun intended question, isn't it? So it depends on where they are artistically when we meet them. Um, so I'll take the example of an, of really a, a student who had training, um, came in with a scholarship to his home, his home area theater, had, had some significant dance training, um, had a lot to offer, like vocally, you know, just his athleticism, but had not great grades early, had some terrible life situations early in high school. His grades were like two different mm -hmm. people, you know, early in high yeah. school as opposed to, and also he transferred to an arts high school, which helped tremendously because his initial oh, high school is just, you know, pretty racist and he's a mixed kid and he was, it was just really tough for him. And especially as somebody who was very outwardly artistic and, you know, not like he, he just posted his prom picture and he had black wings, feathered wings on the back of his prom yes. <laughs> And, you know, King. now he's able to embrace who he is. But back then when he was younger, it was, it's, you know, it's always hard. So I give you all that detail to say, like, really talented, like no doubt about his talent. He actually got into 20 schools, Ooh. but he almost didn't get his applications done because he kind of didn't focus on that. So we had to add a lot of, um, a lot of, and I kind of assumed his home program uh, erroneously it wasn't their responsibility but that we're helping him with that or someone was kind of guiding him at high, in his high school but he's a first generation college student in his family so for him it costs about sixteen thousand dollars and so that's training a lot of college counseling travel um twice to new york we when travel was a thing we wanted to make sure that each student got a trip to New York for training for a mock audition, a mock college audition, which MTCA, we have two teaching partners, MTCA, and then we are theater major, which is a black owned, female owned, amazing company in a uh, newer company in the Maryland DC, the DC area. But she, Leanne is the head and her team, they teach all over the world via Skype, like MTCA does. But um, we would, but MTCA has been around longer. So they have this really great established mock audition. So they would get to do that with an adult of their choosing, you know, a responsible adult get, you know, and it was like, not a, oh, let's find a couch for you to sleep on. It's like, we wanted, I, I always say, we want them to have the experience that an upper middle class student with a budget has, not like a bajillionaire, but somebody who's got to think about it because this is an expensive process, but really doesn't have super limitations on their funds, especially with the artistic training, but also with the travel, you know, they got, to, I didn't want them to stay in some cruddy hotel and, be a law and order episode you know or just not enjoy it um so we found great hotels around pearl studios those of you that are familiar with new york that's where the auditions were and they got to pick a broadway show they wanted to see and that was 
funded by donors, uh, like really good seats. And then we would take them backstage via the generosity of the Broadway community and our teaching artists. Like we, all, we either know someone or someone knows someone. Um, so a couple of our guys saw Ain't Too Proud. Uh, two of our kids saw, two other guys saw Jagged Little Pill. Um, what else did they see? Oh, uh, Beetlejuice was the choice of the other two. Those were, those were the big ones this year. Um, and that also is an important part of their education. You know, they don't get to grow up not even seeing tours necessarily, depending on where they live, or first national, you know, or equity tours. Not that non-ec tours aren't necessarily great, but, but just production value-wise, they're usually, you know, pared down, even equity. Yeah, exposure to the arts, you know, being able to see and consume theater. Yeah, and like actualizing what they see on Instagram and YouTube. And thank God, honestly, for all the pitfalls of social media, it has leveled the playing field a lot in terms of people just being aware that theater exists for that you can do this as a career to see their and you know and also if any of you've ever been to Pearl Studios one of our guys ran into his idol Titus Titus Burgess in the deli underneath <laughs> 519 Pearl Studios he was like oh, you know I mean that that kind of thing happens um we were in Pearl Studios another time and I forget what they were rehearsing but Andrew Chappelle from the original cast of Hamilton was there and of course they recognize him because he has amazing hair and so, you know, the people are so gracious just to, they're not fangirling and boying. They're just like, you know, wanting to interact with these great professionals. And their teaching artists are that too. The teaching artists on both of our teaching partners teams are, they have significant credits and experience. And that's really, it's cool for them. It's really special, but it's also really instructive. And those people become their mentors forever, you know, um, really, truly and other people that they meet along the way. Um, so then the, we had a second trip to New York um, because MTCA sponsored a, an, an audition for Baldwin Wallace, which doesn't go to Unified. So they, you know, they go to a couple special auditions that they've selected and then they go to, go to campus. And I was like, well, it may be slightly cheaper to fly to Cleveland, but then there's renting cars. And, and I, you know, I don't think I was able to go for different trips. And so they got to, um, so we actually had a pizza party for them just because almost all of them were there and their families in John's Pizza. It was awesome. Love John's Pizza. And then we got to take them to a soldier's play and the cast of the soldier's play, one of our coaches was in it. They stayed with us, just our group, on a Saturday night for an hour. Blair Underwood, David Allen Greer, all the people, all the famous people. And they were just so, you could tell they were, it was so meaningful for them to talk to this group of black actors. It was our, we had one white scholar this year and, and I don't think he was able to come to that, but it was six black, young black actors and they would have stayed forever except they were being respectful of the house crew who was like, guys, <laughs> you know? Um, so those, those things factor in, but they're a small portion of what we do, like, you know, like the special luxury things. And honestly, if we had one family um, who was in a really, difficult financial situation or ran into one other family ran into one we, we we would also pay for their food if necessary like those without it being a big deal at all you know we just it's not about we wanted it to feel like very equal I said think of me as your auntie with the with the credit card it's just not my money so, you know like the auntie who buys you the presents and one thing that's really cool is that they this is my probably my favorite part of it is just supplying them with um any any miscellaneous fundamentals they need like clothing audition clothes dance clothes this year it's all about what are we gonna pre-screen you know or what are we gonna use to video more mm -hmm. than it was last year of course 
and just saying, put it in a shopping cart and, you know, here's the credit card number or I'll buy it. But, you know, it's just, um, that was just really cool to, to take that off their plate. And, you know, and I, I feel like it was set up in a way that at least with our scholars last year, they, they didn't feel tokenized or anything like that because I don't, I just view it like, okay, fam, let's do this thing, you know, and I know I'm white, but, um, and I'm aware of that. I think that's important. And I, we need more BIPOC representation on our board. And, and right now we don't have any paid staff. We have one paid staff person, a young grad of Northwestern, who's a woman of color, but she does like every, every and anything for us, <laughs> social media, she's a genius, but we don't have any paid like executive positions. And when we do, so I a volunteer this year and last year and next year. And after that, we're going to create, our goal is to create a paid position. We have to to run this, you know, continue to run it correctly. And that will definitely be a black person. I specialize in not short answers. <laughs> I love it. Edit it if you have No, to. it's perfect. It's perfect. I think this is super important because I think the biggest uh, thing for me, at least when I was applying to colleges, is that these families don't see it as something that's realistic or something that's attainable. Um, and then all those added fees just make it something extra. Like me personally, I auditioned for the school that I, we go to now and then Baldwin Wallace because I'm originally from Cleveland. So I had a place to stay. I had access. Um, so it was really easy. But uh, that was like a culture shock, like going to those auditions. I didn't know how all that worked. Um, but it was also because my parents didn't know. So like I wasn't allowed to go anywhere else because they didn't know how this worked either. So what are ways um, that the community and these schools, how can they also help these students get these resources? How can they um, help connect with you and help connect with other organizations to try to make this more accessible? It's a great question. Um, so connect with us, just, just contact us. Um, but how do you find other resources? Um, it's a very specialized mission, you know, so things I say that you can do to, and we always loop parents in and, and it's hard to get the word out for sure. Like from our end, it's all about just spreading the word through. I found the most successful thing is spreading the word through students, you know, um, like our scholars are, especially honestly with COVID, they were so bored. They didn't have a regular senior busyness, you know, like usually you're done with your auditions and then like, I'm a senior for the next three months, but they didn't have that. So they were, they were creating, they were spreading the word, they were doing, and, and college students were doing concerts. CCM um, did a concert for us. Northwestern is doing one. Wagner students organized an incredible drive called the Quarantine Book Club. And you guys, you know, um, but it's really about reaching for the students who are seeking. Um, I would say Google, I would say go to your local university and ask, uh, is, are there, especially if it has a musical theater or vocal pedagogy, it's called master's program, say, because I'm trying to set this up for the fund right now, say, do you need, could I be a volunteer student and get free voice lessons, you know, and, and that's a harder thing to find, but you, well, the reason I say that is because you want a really high quality musical theater, a really knowledgeable musical theater voice teacher. So you're not, you know, kind of spinning your wheels or backpedaling, you know, because we know classical training is excellent if you, of course, and necessary if you want to do opera, but it doesn't always align with musical theater, um, depending on how the person was trained. 
So Boston Conservatory has that, Shenandoah has that, Penn State has that, although I heard they, their funding got cut, which is sad. Um, I, you could look at Belmont, you know, d depending on where you live. And I am such a nerd about information sharing, meaning passionate, nerd is a big <laughs> compliment in my world, that yes. I'm, I want to help <laughs> as many students as we can because this is such an expensive process, less expensive this year because of the lack of travel. Probably when I quoted that $16,000, $4,000 of it is travel and, and lodging, um, if not a little more. And that's with everything. That student did New York and Chicago and actually did stay for free in New York because one of our one of our board members has a very palatial home. And she, and she was like, he could totally stay with me. She's an empty nester. And he was like, yeah, I'm never leaving. <laughs> you know, but we only wanted them to stay with. And he was his mom didn't come to that um, trip. She came to the, the other one in Chicago because she couldn't get away from work both times. But, you know, like I said, we wanted to either be a palatial homestay or a really nice hotel. So um, it's asking university dance classes that, you know, well-known stories of like you clean the studio or you do some you do some administrative work. And, or, you know, it's I think it's a little easier to find dance classes. Also, reach out to organizations that say we want to support BIPOC students and say, here I am, you know, if, if you're or trans or queer or any you know and it's honestly it's harder if you're a low-income white person who's not in any of those groups but if you're a hard worker it's not it's hard you know what I mean it's harder sometimes to get that right now for those people to say yes we'll help you because thankfully but not thankfully because of how why it's happening people are like we want to support BIPOC students let's hope that keeps going um but just if you're a hard worker and you and, and you, you have to find the right people who want to help you. And it's starting with your community and things like some of our scholars before we met them, they did like one of our girls does hair and she does, did people, she did people's braids and all that crazy stuff that takes hours and made a lot of money to fund. She funded half her summer program yes. this year um, through that. So those are things you can do in terms of learning about the process um, we're doing everything we can and it's not visible yet, but we want to get the word out about, we, we want to get the word out about details for as many people as possible. So one of the things I just invented this right now, to be honest, I'm excited. about You this. heard it here so, first folks. This is a brand new, it's, it's a, you're, it's premiering to the entire world right this second. I can say it without getting anyone to approve it because it will be free. Um, it's, so, uh, one thing I did recently is we had a really great group of applicants and we could only take we have that last year we supported seven scholars this year we started with two then covid and then we thought okay we have to put a freeze because we don't know what donations are going to look like and then when george floyd was murdered there was a tweet that kind of went was heard around the world by a young woman in california who said you know this bfa process is so discriminatory and yes and Gabby, our Gabby Green, our our jack of all trades and amazingness person, happened to be on Twitter that night. She caught it. She answered it, and the next morning we woke up to like five thousand dollars of donations, yeah. and, and most of them small donations, which I love. I mean, big ones are great. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> yes. I love when somebody donates ten dollars because you know that that's a mm -hmm. big deal. You know, it's mostly students, and I just think that's that's so meaningful and so cool. Um, but we also need someone really famous to sponsor us who has a platform. So Denzel, if you're yeah. there, um, he's my, he's my, or Blair, uh, Blair, no, Blair yeah. not Blair. Yes. Blair Underwood, but also Tay Diggs. Mm. And Audra, we're always, Audra, we love you. Uh, we hope you're listening also all the time. Just every Yeah. I mean, Broadway people, but my thought was like, you know, who still is going to have a lot of money? Film and TV people. 
Yeah, and Audra does TV, so she probably does too, you know. But I thought maybe it'll hurt them a little less. Yeah. Um, so, um, wait, oh, my, 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 I forgot what I was talking about. My, that happens a lot. My initiative. So I said for each of the people that was sort of a, a and we have a, a rubric that we use, we, but we also look at them as people, not just numbers, obviously. And we start with the, you can see our criteria. It's on our, um, on our website, which is the fundforcollegeauditions.org backslash apply. And the first thing you do is you say, do I qualify financially? And, and there's a very specific metric that we use that seems pretty fair. Um, it's from the government, so is it fair? Who knows? But it, it takes into account where you live. So, you know, it's not the poverty index. That's very low. It's like 80% of the median income where you mm. live. So that is very different in Jackson, Mississippi, where we have a couple of scholars than it is in Queens, New yeah. York, where we have a scholar. Um, so that seems to, to even it out. So I said, I'll, I'd love to meet with each student that we weren't able to fund. So some of them are on hold in case we get more funding to, we don't want to say we're going to help them and, and cheat the kids we're already right. working with, you know, kind of have to dial back, but hopefully when donations will pour in, continue, continue to pour in. Um, and we will be able to add some more people. But I said, in the meantime, I can help each of you. I'd love to meet with you one-on-one -on -one with a parent and we'll talk about school list and anybody that's an MT, I can do your song work, um, help with song selection. Cause that's my sp special spidey skill and, um, and acting a song. And that's not a, that's not like a second class answer. That's how MTCA was mm -hmm. founded. But what I just invented was I'm going to do that and this goes back to your question, how the heck do we get the word out? I can easily do that, like have a, we a weekly info session about that for underserved communities who don't know about this. And I would love your, your help and anyone's help who's listening. And how do you get that word out to people who just aren't looking for this kind of thing? And I'm on a committee um, through the Music Theater Educators Alliance, which is primarily college educators all over the world. And we were just, we had a I'm on their diversity, equity, and inclusion committee. I'm like the high school, high school prep representative, um, at which I'm very grateful for. And we were talking about that yesterday. And, and the faculty um, were saying, you know, it's really got to start in elementary school. It's such a big mission to, to go backwards from the college application process. But where I'm, my expertise is it, as, a high school as a former high school teacher, I've, I've basically, I've taught all ages, but my favorite the high school kids and the college kids and that's my, you know, 90% of my experience. So any high school student who's vaguely interested in this, and especially, like you said, their parents are, who are thinking, this isn't viable, it's not sustainable. We, I would, I'm going to set up this weekly seminars or the weekly webinar, like Q&A, and just come and ask, ask questions. And then I got to figure out how to get the word out. That's my next mission. And something I didn't say that's really important is we, we look, we're not, we're not preaching like, you're going to be a star. You have to be on Broadway or um, you're going to get to go to any school. We're like, look, these schools are expensive. They don't have a lot of money. Um, it's not their fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, some like some schools just don't have a huge endowment and and some do. Right. Um, or they're splitting their like Michigan is splitting its scholarship among everybody in the School of Music, Theater and Dance. And that's a lot of really talented, really qualified people. Um, but smaller, smaller schools and, you know, it just depends on the school. So we, we're very forthright about, we don't want to crush anyone's dreams at all, but, but there, there are schools that I say, look, if you get in, they are not going to give you enough money, no matter how much money you earn from them. They just, they're going to max out what they can give you academically and talent wise before it's affordable. 
And so I think the merit of auditioning for schools like that is there are stories that I know of people who are young Broadway actors who had somebody come out of the woodwork and say, I've been watching you. I want to pay for your college education. I know two stories of that, but you know, I think it could always happen or you could bust your butt and do outside scholarships. Um, that's something I learned last year is I didn't push that, not push it, but I didn't, yeah, push it. I'm like them. I'm like the guidance mom. I'm like, you got to apply for outside scholarships. And some of it isn't even hard. It's like make a video for Instagram about what there's a, there's a campaign out there. Everybody who's applying to college, or I think you can get it if you're in college, it's called we belong in college. It's if you go to the, the Instagram account, personal statement film, it's a great documentary that I happened to see when I was starting the fund. I was just looking at all different diversity resources. Um, that's not the right word anymore. I know like anti-racist resources basically. And this addressed the college guidance gap in New York city schools, not specific to theater, but uh, they, they, go, they won a bunch of awards and they were able to get grants and travel it around. And now every month, they pick, they give someone a thousand dollars just for submitting their story to, to spread this word of like, I didn't think I could do college for this, these reasons, but I can. And here I'm sharing the story to help you. Um, again, very long answers, but it's not, an, there aren't easy answers because it's so, it's like the college application process for this. It's so opaque. It's like, how the heck do you figure this out if you don't know somebody who's done it? And, and especially somebody who's, helped a lot of people over a lot of years. So when I, I've had several crises of, of faith, so to speak about like, I'm a white woman, like what the, what the F, you know, what do I think I'm doing? But I'm not trying to say I understand the experience of systemic racism. I just, I'm a, I'm, and I'm sure I F it up, but I ask people to call me on that, but it's like, I, I see it. And this is what I can do to help. And it's not about me, but, but I have this weird cross section of like experience that a, not a lot of people have. And I was able to sell a company to fund mm. this, which is very, you know, I feel like that's a universe, God, whoever your higher power is thing for sure. My mom would say, <laughs> my mom's a long time religious educator, like middle school religious educator. And she would say it's Jesus, but she calls him Gigi. It's a long story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And you're saying, oh, you know, apply for all the scholarships. You sound like, like the guidance. Like my mother was a guidance counselor and she says that all the time. So mom, if you're listening, uh, yes, I will be applying to all of the scholarships. <laughs> um, one, Abigail, the Andrew, or Gail, you go by Gail, the Andrew Lloyd Webber one is great. It's a full scholarship. I can help you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, we're running out of time, which is so sad because we're having such a great conversation talking about all these things. Um, you know, this lack of resources and accessibility for um, these underserved communities runs so much deeper. As you're saying, this college audition process is opaque. It's expensive. It's set up to favor the people who have the ability to participate. So who do you think we can call on, you know, bigger mm -hmm. players and ultimate decision makers to discuss equity, diversion and inclusion and really start to make this hopefully someday this will uh, dream world someday we will not have to talk about making sure all the kids that want to participate in this field can find it and you know find their calling and their passion and their talents but who do we start with well i i left out an important piece of your last question and that's it's a place to start too is loop in an administrator who's above the theater administration and get those freaking fees waived 
because the fee waiver criteria leaves out a lot of people and it costs thousands of dollars. I, it, and the, people can go to their guidance counselor and it's like free reduced lunch or there's a, a people can write a, you know, like I could write a letter in support of why the fees should be waived, but that that is a huge piece of what we had to pay for. So waive the fees if you want, if you really want to support growth uh, equity in your system, do figure it out, get a, get a grant to waive those. I, I know that you're actually, I don't know what the fees go for sometimes because I think that my knowledge, and I apologize if I'm misspeaking, my friends who are on faculty, I don't think they get paid extra to watch pre-screen. So where do the money go is my question. I don't think it's shady, but like, it's maybe we just need to know where those go and why why somebody struggling financially has to pay them what's that how's that helping equity in your and your so like you know an, an administrator a provost someone like that i don't know how university administrations really work but that um the first thought that came to my mind after that was black theater united like the audra stokes the the big guns um broadway advocacy coalition is amazing they are tackling so many things and so specifically that and they had the miseducation, um, which I think was focused more on, more on, is teaching in a university, but educational educational theater association maybe. Um, so specific to universities, Black Theater United. I, I think you know think along those lines. Um, I mean, if we're shouting out to them, hey guys, <laughs> um, and and it's honestly just sort of finding. I, I would say any individual who has a big platform, like I was joking, if you're listening, Demi Lovato and Max Eric. So Demi Lovato's new fiance is, uh, I don't know if she had a fiance before. I didn't mean it like that. Demi Lovato got engaged recently. Her fiance is a former student of MTCA. And I met him briefly. He's a nice, nice guy from New York. And I have been jokingly saying, maybe Demi mm -hmm. will give us her 88.8 .8 million Instagram followers for a day. So those things like the past the mic that they were doing, with Broadway stars and BIPOC actors would be great. It's about people who have big platforms. And my Instagram cons consumption is mostly like Broadway and anti-racist work and dogs. So you know, <laughs> um, that's, that's my dog's account though. So um, there's that. And you're, you've kind of, you've stumped me a little because, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's why we have a, I'm not passing the buck, but my experience is with making making the educational part happen. It's not about, I haven't thought enough and thank goodness we have a board that does what's called development, which is like, how do we get people to be engaged with this? So some of the, the usual suspects you would think are have been really hit hard by COVID, like, like Playbill, for example, with, I mean, an article would be amazing, but you know, with a specific ask and there are so many places to give money that is that are very important and I don't want to divert money from our teaching artists so like we, we did a fundraiser I just think that's really important to keep in mind too that we have to keep in mind that are the people that are already doing it too and I don't think that has to detract from what we're doing I just think it's great when we did a, our big fundraiser we did the summer in lieu of a concert was we got to we paid the teaching artists um, we charged enough that it was you know it was it, honestly it was accessible for families that had money, but our scholars got to do it for free. And then we paid the teaching artists and that was great to be able to do. So that COVID makes it tricky too, but I think it's the power brokers really. Um, so that, that really comes down to the people that, that control the fees at the university level. And 
The other thing that's going to get in the way is class sizes aren't going to change, probably, especially now. So as we have more talented people from underserved communities audition, like if the schools are still taking the same percentage that they're taking now, you know, I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, except to just continue to encourage people that there's not only one school that, you know, there aren't just three schools uh, that are four, we all know what they are, that are going to get you, like you guys were talking about how good your training is. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of a, not as, it's still a long answer, but it's not as specific as my other ones were, because yeah. it's not something I've engaged with as much, except I know I complain constantly about why can't you just waive the fees? <laughs> so yeah, whoever can do that should do that. And it runs so deeply. Like, how do we get more funding for the arts? You know, who do we who do we call on? Can we sign petitions? What politicians can we call to let them know that there is a deficit in this area of the community right now? And you know, the arts is culture. If we have more exposure to the arts, we have more exposure to different stories and perspectives. And then you grow mm -hmm. up with um, more. You, that better taste of diversity and culture and and all of that wonderful wonderful stuff you know it's just such a hard time now because we're all trying to figure out what the hell is happening and i'm not despairing of i'm still very passionate about the mission but well i'll tell you what, that i'm like what am i doing as a white woman and earlier in the spring i also work in healthcare or i, I worked at two big medical centers and now i see patients privately but one of the places I worked was New York Presbyterian Hospital, which was seeing, you know, a whole lot of, I worked in, in Manhattan, but they were still seeing a lot of COVID patients, even though Queens was kind of the epicenter of the epicenter. And I thought, what the heck, like, is this mission even, should we put it on hold for now? And then they released the death statistics and the, the racial inequities in the death statistics. And I was like, yep, okay, <laughs> this is a way we can, because telling stories and being visible, like, TV shows and film. I mean, how many people went and watched Anna DuVernay's 13, 13th after George Floyd was murdered? You know, like, and probably that was, you know, preaching to the choir, so to speak. But the more of those stories we tell in a, in a like mass media way, the more likely people are to change their minds. Because unless you interact with people that aren't like you, that's the only way you have those experiences, you know, unless you're like around them. That's not deep, but you know. No, I think that was so deep. And sometimes it's as simple as that. You know, I say that all the time. I grew up in rural Florida. And as soon as I moved to the tri-state area and was able to, to meet all of these different kinds of people from all walks of life, my perspective just like multiplied tenfold. And I was like, oh my God, what have I been missing? Look at all these wonderful people. I like never had the chance to talk to before. You know, all of that it's, it's perspective is powerful perspective is is very valuable very powerful i have to ask you what the tri-state area is where you are because it's different no matter like when i moved to new york it was it's new york new jersey connecticut and in pittsburgh where i grew up it's pittsburgh west virginia ohio so what's your tri-state area <laughs> uh, well i think the tri-state area is three the three states surrounding new york so you have beautiful new york and manhattan and the tri-state area would be Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and New gotcha. Jersey. Okay. That's how I define the tri-state area. As a resident. Okay. I thought you meant <laughs> North Carolina. I was like, what are, what are those tri-state <laughs> Shout out to the bridge and tunnel bitches out there. <laughs> Love you guys. Absolutely. My cousin Vinny, one of the best movies. That's not bridge and tunnel. They're in Queens. Anyway. Um, so you, I think and things like this are so incredible and so important. And, you know, so it's us all helping each other and spreading the word and viewership and, and listenership, if that's a thing, um, so that it, we're not just 
all all of us that are already on board are the ones listening you know and that's hard i no one's figured that out obviously yes ellen this has been so lovely getting to talk to you and pick your brain about these topics that mean a lot to us specifically um mean a lot to the people that we work with um really quick before we Mm -hmm. go i would love for you to just tell us where people can find tc tfca oh man the words jumped out but also um if anybody wants to uh, what what people can do to make a difference, however big or how small, um, what can other people do to help? One of the most powerful things is spreading the word to people that you know need to need to hear this stuff and don't know about it. So if you're a theater person, putting it on your Instagram is great, but probably your other theater friends are following you. So reach out to your community, like your high school drama teacher, and really, you know, spend a little time like saying this could help these people or if your high school drama teacher is already really on board with these kinds of things just think like a, a middle school community group a church group where where are the people like boy scouts girl scouts boys and girls clubs of america um if you know just anywhere you can think of that has young people around and um spread the word that way and and that doesn't cost anything and that's always really really important people have created amazing um, initiatives for us, like built for the stage, which was actually founded by one of my longtime students, but a former long ago students. And he didn't know that TFCA was my organization. He, he partnered with one of his clients who was like, Hey, you should check this out. And they did a burpee challenge, bless them over the, over the a weekend, two weekends ago. And for every burpee that a client did, he was able to donate 50 cents and they raised $1,100 for us. Um, so any like, creative we're working on an initiative with a a dance-based initiative with a broadway cast i will not tell you what because i really hope it works out but and then to loop in other dancers all over the country like you know young training dancers um for like a challenge but so any kind of thing like that is so helpful and it's um unfortunately there's this one of the things that's bad about starting a nonprofit or frustrating is in order to get recognized by like amazon smile and facebook donations and GoFundMe and uh, Instagram, it's like a different process for each. And we are caught up in this stupid circle of hell with Facebook, which is not uncommon, I am told. But so you can't tag us for Instagram. or I think you can tag us for Facebook, but there's no logo or anything. What's easy is people who collect money and then give it to us as one donation. And that's through PayPal on our website. Um, and we also, the PayPal Gaming Fund is another thing, if you're, if you're familiar with that. I'm not that familiar with it. Um, but we just, we process our payments through PayPal. And, and as a nonprofit, they don't take a big cut, which is really nice. Um, we take checks too, but immediate payments are just, you know, we can make more of a difference more quickly. Um, but they tag us at the Fund for College Auditions on Instagram. We don't use Twitter that much, but it's the Fund for College call odd I think it's a dumb Twitter name but it was just hard to it was hard to find an appropriate one you know and um we're on Facebook the fund for college auditions uh, as a page and then our website is the fund for college auditions.org um and truly I've said it a couple times and it's kind of I feel like someday someone will hear if you know anyone who has a big platform for people to listen or is just passionate about theater and maybe doesn't even know that this exists this process is tricky, but you know, they're like, they have money and, and they're, and they're philanthropic. Um, and, and the best spokespeople for us are our students and their, our Instagram has a lot. It, it's, I think it's the best representation right now of 
who our kids are and, and what they've done. And we're also, by the way, very careful not to, we only post about them if they agree. And we don't really post about them a ton, you'll see, until they are done with their auditions. Because it's just, they're not, they're not poster children, they're not tokens, but people love their stories. So we're starting a blog on our website too, but that's not up yet. Um, so they can go to the Instagram and see who these kids are and what we do. Good. Oh my gosh. You know, we, we, it's so sad. We're out of time, Ellen. We're going to let you go, but thank you so much for being here. Everybody go follow the fun for college auditions, give them a dollar or two so that all of these kids can get out there and freaking do the thing. So we can someday see Broadway be as color like we need the rainbow on Broadway, all of that good stuff. And, and processes like this is where it starts. You know, I feel like you're my new BFF. <laughs> oh, what a lovely morning we're having. We hope you listeners are also having a lovely morning. Uh, we'll slap all of that information and the links to all of socials and all that good stuff will be in the episode description. So check that out. You can check out Fourth Wall. If you have an experience you would like to share and anything else, like any contributions, feedback, um, stories from your own life on this topic or any of the topics we've discussed, hit our community inbox. Uh, cute little email address, hello at fourthwallpod.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Join the conversation, you know, get cozy. We're cozy right now, having a great talk this morning. And oh, it's just so sad that we have to say goodbye. We're, I'm just loving this. 